Dad Souls is a podcast that discusses mature themes and may contain some adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Dad Souls, a podcast about parenting and pop culture from a dad's perspective. I'm Drew. I'm Trevor. I'm Josh. Phrase. Phrase it. Phrase it. What's going on, boys? What you been up to this week? Getting sick. Just, <laughs> uh, you know, not COVID, just a cold, you know what I'm saying? Praise the sun. Yeah, praise the sun. Yeah, so if you hear a lot of sniffling in today's episode, I apologize in advance, but... That's about it, man. Went to a pool party today. Now I'm here sipping on that Kraken and Coke. That's the best cure. That's right. I'm on that coffee life, boys. Mm. <laughs> you guys ever watch Cocktail Chemistry on YouTube? I haven't mm. seen it. You need to check it out. Like it's, I, I've become obsessed with his videos now. And I'm not even a big, like, you know, I don't like liquor, really. But he, he makes some pretty amazing looking drinks and... There's some like jazz music playing in the background. It's pretty awesome. Hold on, real quick, Drew. Can we talk about that cup you're drinking out of? Oh, yeah. See the story about this cup. PlayStation. When I bought that PS5. Oh. Yeah, this is back when you couldn't. Well, you still can't find it, but everybody was fighting over them. You had to beat the bots. That was the whole thing. Like every time you check it, like the bots are buying them quick, but you have to be smarter. And I was on GameStop.com. Because they were about to release two packs that you, you know, of course you can't just buy the console. You got to buy two games, a controller, and, you know, whatever else they want to package with it. Because they know you're going to buy it because you want a PlayStation. It's smart, but it's annoying. The bundle I ended up getting was, of course, the most expensive one GameStop offered. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the price because I don't want to remember it. But it came with Spider-Man and Sackboy World or whatever it's called. Super Sackboy Legends. I don't remember what it's called. Um, Super Sackboy. It's incredible. It's so incredible. <laughs> it is really. No, it's it's actually really fun. Sarah and I play it a lot. Nice. Um, and it came with two controllers, of course. Um, a twenty dollar GameStop gift card that you had to buy, which I used to buy Demon Souls, so I'm not mad about it. Um, Boss. and then a box of PlayStation swag that you had to buy. <laughs> Which includes a blue light up PV like a, a plastic trophy <laughs> of just the, the PlayStation buttons, a beanie, this little pen holder here. Why aren't you wearing that There's beanie? Actually, Put that beanie on right now. I don't wear beanies. Come on. For the show. I mean, I'll have to soon. I'll have to soon. And then the coffee cup, which honestly, as a coffee cup collector, I wasn't too mad about getting the PlayStation spy box. I want the coffee. I mean, cup. I'm jealous. I, I want I want a cup. Like that myself. And it's it's blue, that dark blue on the inside, and See, black. Now you've like triggered my coffee collecting ways again, as far as the coffee cups, because I was I was in the same boat. Thank you, Drew. So, what have you guys been playing this week? Man, you know I've been it. on that Mass Effect. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Me Commander, too. I've Commander. been playing Mass Effect. Shepherd, have you, Shepherd. you playing, Which. <laughs> Report to the ship ASAP. Double top. Okay. Uh, I have not played Mass Effect. I've just been playing 
goes to Tsushima. Representing the flute boys. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, it's like if I could just play multiple games at once, you know, that would be ideal. If I could just have some yeah. more time, you know. There's no time. You know, somebody's got somebody's got to stop the Reapers, and then somebody's got well, to stop what, those dang Mongols. What Mass Effect did you start playing? Did you start with one? Of course. And well, I saw some people skip into two and three. I'm like, no, that's like starting. The, one... That's like starting the two towers and then just forgetting about Fellowship. You know, like yeah. you can't do that. Well, I like how they made Mass Effect one feel like Mass Effect two and three. Oh yeah, the way it plays. Yeah, just seeing it in 4K, 60 frames per second, like. It's sometimes like you kind of, you know, you kind of get used to like, um, I guess the, the frame rates and the, the graphics of like newer games on these new systems. So yeah. I had to kind of do a double take and, and I went back and watched, you know, YouTube videos of the original and it's just, it's kind of crazy to, to, to imagine playing it like that again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever go back. Mm -mm. So I've been, I've been playing, well, I've been playing Mass Effect one as well, but. I kind of got obsessed with the Chivalry 2 beta, which, if you haven't played it, it's like a medieval battle simulator. It's first person, kind of like a Call of Duty with swords, I guess. But I wouldn't put them in the same bracket, necessarily. But, dude, it's it's crazy. It looks awesome. Like, it's something else. I've played it myself, because Drew recommended it, so I downloaded it, and I played through the tutorial and played it online little team battle or whatever and it's quite bloody and entertaining with the the battle cries those battle so cries demonstrate a battle cry for me <laughs> like it's it's ridiculous how long they are <laughs> like you'd be so out of breath by the time you got up to the fight you wouldn't be able to fight well like there were guys screaming like their war cries while they were being decapitated it was hilarious yeah. Well, I always think it's funny because, like, especially when you're playing the uh, free for all, it's it's like if whatever you thought the team battle was, the free for all is that much crazier because literally everybody's fighting you. Like nobody is friendly, and you'll be like, and "That's all I've been playing." So if you see me streaming, which I don't think anybody has, but if you watch my streams, like that's all I've been playing. So it's been chaos. Like you're fighting somebody. You might cut through like four people at a time. It's like whack, and like everybody's in the group. You get them all, and then somebody comes up and stabs you through the chest. It's like, oh my god! Like, and I don't know. I've just I've been playing it way too much. I haven't I had to take a break. I haven't played it, but just just you know, seeing you, your part of your stream, and seeing some other YouTubers play it, like, and then just you know, kind of like what you told me about um, it being. Um, you know, so quick paced that I guess like you don't really care if you die. I understand what you mean now. Like it, it seems like it's just that kind of like, not that annoying call of duty feel where, you know, you, you get killed and it's like, Oh God, you know, this is, I can't even exactly. do anything, you know, like it's just, I keep dying over and over again, but it, it seems fun even when you die in that game. That's what I was telling Sarah. Like I'm not mad about dying in this at all because it's so ridiculous everybody's just attacking everybody, especially in the free-for-all. Like, the team matches, everybody gets so grouped together, you start hitting your team, like, killing people, and it doesn't work. Like, I was trying to throw a oil barrel at this guy, and right at the last second, he moved my teammate, walked into it, and it exploded all over him, and he just burned to death. And he gave me, like, negative 200 points or something. 
I was like, oh man, I didn't mean to kill you. And of course, everybody, you got heat now, so everybody's after you. Huh. Hey, let me let like, me ask you this, Drew. Is there like a in the final version when it comes out? Is there like a way to make a an online team or a clan or something like that? I'm sure there is. Um, I think you just kind of group up because it's either one team or the other. So I'm pretty sure it, it's 64 player battles, like the big ones. Wow. Yeah. So. Because you know you we have to make a Dad team. Souls group on there. Oh yeah, dude. I know. Standard. It's like I don't know if there's actual like a clan system or like a a group system on there, like old school style. I don't know if they do that anymore, but if there is, we're making one. I mean that that has to be something that they do. I mean there there's so many different groups. So I think we should make multiple groups. We'll have you know Dad Souls. We'll have the Bulbous Brothers. We'll have um. You can edit. All, you can't do a lot of like facial editing, but you can change their faces. And there's some brutal looking faces on there. Well, then they have to be. Can, they, they have to be bulbous then. And they have the the bulbous haircut where you, it's like the monk bowl that's, cut. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, they have that too. So it's it's everything you need is there for a bulbous brothers reunion. I mean, you're really making me want to pick it up. Like I I really shouldn't though because it's, it's forty it's forty bucks. <clears throat> I mean that's that's cheap for a game for a it's new. It's very game. tempting. I got a lot of stuff going on right now financially, so it's just more. Well, well, don't break the don't don't break out the cash just for that, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. We're about to set you not. up a GoFundMe account. When I need a GoFundMe, yeah. if anybody feels generous, please donate well, forty bucks so I can slaughter people on Chivalry too. Dude, have you guys been seeing the things I've been tagging you in, or at least you, Drew, with the old school wrestling yeah, the, promos, the Scott Hall stuff? Man, yeah. they're great. Scott Hall, shout out to him. Hey yo, yo! When he, I just remember uh, that when he they invaded invaded WCW before they came to NWO. Yeah, that interview he's doing with Eric Bischoff in that denim outfit. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's in yeah. like tight denim jeans, like a denim vest, and his hair's all slicked <laughs> back with a damn toothpick. He's talking all and a toothpick in both ears too, man. In the side of his ears, Pop. it's so after he flicks one at you, he can just put another one in. What? That's a that's a game finishing like that's like if you play Street Fighter three Third Strike can you can attack someone with Ken's taunt where he goes like come on or whatever that's like equivalent to like you know Scott Hall's toothpick throw you can that's a finisher <laughs> yeah. right there man well that's like in Smash Brothers where I think it's the first Smash Brothers or the second one Luigi's taunt he kicks the ground by kicking the dirt and if you're close enough he can kick you and kill you with it it's like the oh, same I, thing that I wouldn't expect anything less from Luigi. I don't know what I would do though if I was talking to somebody got hit with a toothpick, like as a punctuation mark. Like, if you're not going to fight somebody after that, then you better just never go back to the place you're at where that happened because you're going to be disgraced forever. It's such an insult. Yeah, it it's is. super insult. You might as well spit in their face. Yeah. Yep. I always liked it when he when he would do it and it'd bounce off their foreheads and just go sailing off in the opposite direction because it people get so mad. It's like that's insulting. The only thing that that's scarier is a level nine Mario. Man, I've tried that before on like on the Wii U version of Smash Brothers, and that stuff is not fun. I don't know how you guys did it. Level you nine Mario's it's it's the equivalent of like watching like cartoon rabies take place. Like you know you <laughs> you kind of just see. You know, true, the face of true evil. Um, I've never seen something so scary. I've played a lot of horror games in Level 9 Mario's and Smash Brothers. It's pretty intense. 
scarier than some of the stuff in cool. Village. Oh, yeah. Scarier. Lady D scarier. would never stand a chance against a level nine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Mario would have turned into. Well, Mario probably is made of fungus, like Ethan. Oh yeah, but he probably created the fungus. <laughs> I mean, he is the master of the mushroom. <laughs> that's that's gonna it, be Resident it, Evil Nine. Resident Evil Nine, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> the mushroom kingdom. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's, let's that's let's submit great. the idea to Capcom. I'm sure they could collab. Could you, could you imagine Resident Evil Bowser? Oh my god. Oh, that'd be Wait, are we terrifying. talking third person or first person? First person. Make it first person, oh, yeah. Terrifying. You're playing as Mario. The mu- yeah. you, you'd have to give everything a darker meaning. Like, yeah. you know, the mushrooms are like keeping Mario like tripping, you know, through the game. Cause if he doesn't, like he starts to see things a little too scary. Oh, it's like Silent Hill. Yeah. That's a good idea, man. Yeah. All right, we're getting off topic. Yeah. We're gonna talk about village later on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we're gonna talk about village later. You guys interested in uh the new Final Fantasy? You see Ooh, which yeah. one? The I guess sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. The one that's supposed to be like Dark Souls. Yeah. Well that that's a, no, that's different. That's oh, really? different that's... that's like Final Fantasy Origins, I think they're saying <clears throat> it might be. Well, it hasn't officially been announced yet. Oh, okay. But that's supposed to happen at E three in like a week and a half. Yeah. Okay. But it did be interesting. Did you guys check out, uh, I guess, Horizon uh, Forbidden West or whatever the gameplay for that? I, I saw a little bit of it. it. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, it, it looks fantastic. I, just, I never I have the first one, I guess, uh, when it was free on PlayStation, mm. but I just haven't played it. It's just on the list. <laughs> it's, worth playing. it's on the list of things I need to get around to, but definitely seems cool. I uh, have a platinum on that game. <laughs> Well, the first one. What'd you say? Of course, of course, you do. I have a platinum on the first horizon. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. <laughs> hats well, off to actually, you. There you go. Tip our hats. Well, well, actually, I have a platinum on horizon. <laughs> Tip it. I'm gonna intensify. The only other thing I've been doing, I got you know how all if if you have Amazon Prime, Audible's like, hey. Here's some free credits. Sign up for a month. You know, have you gotten those emails from Audible? I think so. Yeah, yeah, a couple times. So, I I always take them and then cancel immediately because I don't want Audible, but I'll take your two books. Yeah, because it's like listen to podcasts. And I got those this the fourth book in that Brandon Sanderson series. I was talking about the Stormlight Archive because it's it's a big fat book and I don't have time I don't have time to read a book like that, but I can listen to it. Huh. So I bought that. It's like a fifty dollar audiobook. I got it for free. That's cool. And then the, the one I, I got randomly was that Matt, Matthew McConaughey put out a book called Green Lights. It's just like about his life. Mm-hmm. And it's narrated by him. He does oh, the audiobook. Great. So I was like, I'm gonna use my other credit for this because it's only like a six hour listen. That other one's like fifty seven hours. Oh my the god. Book I got. Yeah. I listened to the last one like that. And it was like 56 hours, but the Matthew McConaughey one's like six. So I'm halfway through it. Is he, it's awesome. is he reading it like Matthew McConaughey? Well, I mean, yeah, but he's also <laughs> doing impersonations of people and stuff too. Uh-huh. And it's, it, it literally puts you there. Like, it's really funny. Like it, I recommend, especially the audio, but the book's good. Cause I'm listening to it obviously, but it, I recommend the audio book of green lights by Matthew McConaughey. I don't know a whole lot about 
you know, Matthew McConaughey's backstory, but I do know his discovery was pretty interesting yeah. like as an actor. Yeah. Well, that's where I'm at right now. And uh, I'm not going to spoil it. So listen to it or read it, whichever. But yeah, it's, it's really like, it was definitely not his plan to be an actor. Right. And it kind of seemed that just way. Get, just the stories he tells about his childhood. I'll tell this one. This is a spoiler for green lights. So when he was a little kid, I think he was like middle school aged. Him and his dad were living somewhere in Texas and he would go cut open a fence. Or he cut open a fence because it butted up to a lumber yard. And he started slowly stealing lumber to build a treehouse. And after he built the treehouse, it was 13 stories tall. Oh my gosh. This gigantic like treehouse in the woods. And he was only able to use it for a couple months. Then he went back to school for the semester, and then they moved. And he never even showed anybody. <laughs> I was like, that's a crazy story to have, that you built a 13-story treehouse out of stolen lumber when you were in middle school, <laughs> and then just left it there. It didn't show anybody. It's just, it was a weird story. Yeah. I was like, this is that's one of the first stories he tells. I'm like, I'm ready for this. Yeah. If it's still cool. there, then. If the treehouse is still there. You would think. Unless the woods are gone, which yeah. could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, check that out if you're interested in audiobooks. Or buy the book if you just want to read it. It's pretty good. Nice. All right. So I guess we'll move into uh, one of our favorite topics all day, every day. Food. Hell yeah. Grub. Eating on that grub. I don't know about you guys, but... I found the older kids get, the more picky they get. Magnus is the pickiest eater. I've, I mean, he's, he's so picky. Like, I don't know. Do your kids eat a bunch of stuff? Are they getting to like a very narrow, like I, three I try to, is all they'll eat? Oh man, it all starts in breakfast is the weirdest time. Cause there'll be times when Ryu wakes up in the morning and he'll tell me what he wants, man. Like lately it's been rice and soy sauce. He's like rice and oh, soy yeah? sauce. I'm like, all right, let's go get some rice and soy sauce. <laughs> and then like he'll ask, he'll just start, start blurting out things that he knows that we might have. Muffins is one of them. Uh, go go squeeze, which is applesauce. And then every now and then he'll just walk up to the fridge and like he's like asking me to open the fridge. I'll open it up. He wants shredded cheese or yogurt. Like he's he's calling out all these random foods. I'm like, which one do you want? <laughs> and then every now and then he's looking in the fridge. Like he doesn't even know what he's looking for. But he wants to look oh. in the fridge. Yeah. But I try yeah. to I try to make sure he gets his proteins in, man. But I think right now with him being, you know, two, two and a half or whatever, uh, I don't know. I don't think there's like he loves chicken nuggets. I mean, what kid doesn't? But like Magnus I'd like for him to eat a little. Oh, he doesn't? Oh, okay. Well that's good. Magnus Magnus doesn't eat meat. Oh. Like won't touch it. Really? Like, it's so frustrating, yeah. Oh, yeah, he won't touch it. He he's had a piece of, he had like a hot dog or two. Yeah, and then he never touched him again. Mm-hmm. Oh, and man. he hasn't eaten meat since. And he won't touch it. He won't look at it. it could be a texture like, offer, texture thing. Yeah, maybe. But we offer him all kinds of food, and I mean, typically he'll we'll offer him whatever we have for dinner. And I, we always swore like we'd never be like, oh, I'll make him a second dinner, you know. But he has to eat, obviously. Yeah. So that whole argument, like, oh well, if my kids not eating what we're making for dinner, then they're not going to eat at all. Like, bullshit. Yeah. You're gonna go make, make them a p- 
peanut butter and jelly or a grilled cheese or whatever they want that they'll eat because I mean you 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 love your kid, you want them to eat. But it's like, come on, bro. Like eat this chicken nugget. <laughs> Just eat it. It seems come on. It seems like one of those things that, that can come full circle. Like, you know, as, as Ella's getting older, she's she's starting to try things that she was very picky about um in the past. And like she actually ate asparagus the other night. I was very impressed, you know, and then as far as Arbor goes, like he'll some of the things he liked when he was a little younger, he started to kind of change a little bit. And, and it almost seems like selective, you know, like where it's like, well, tonight he wants it, the next night he doesn't. You know, you can't tell if he likes it or what. You never really know what they want, man. It's just because they can't communicate it to us, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like I said about the whole protein thing, like I just want to eat some type of meat. So I found yeah. out he likes Vienna sausages. I mean, they're not the best go. thing in the world, but like, man, I'll make him a plate with rice, soy sauce, and some Vienna sausage. I'll throw in some like fruit on the side just so he has like a little buffet Balance. platter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I try to offer like a fruit, a vegetable, you know, like a like a pasta, or a starch, like rice, yeah, a protein. And I mean, if he eats it, great. But of course, you know, he'll eat any type of sweet. You know, if he if you offer anything sweet, he'll eat it, of course. But if it's Regular food, like it's a battle. He's got it. Well, so look at this. He, I had my first like smart ass kid moment. Oh, <laughs> yes, I think it was yesterday. So I'm sitting in there with the babies in the playroom because they already don't breakfast. The Magnus is eating his cereal, and he says that he's done. And I don't force him to clean his plate. Like I'm not going to sit here and tell him, "Hey, you're not getting up from the." from the table to your plate is clean. Like if you're done, you're done. Like you don't need to overeat. Just be done. And he said, I'm done. And I got up and I looked at the cereal and I was like, Magnus, you just drank the milk. You didn't even touch your cereal. You have to. And he looked at me and he put his finger on the Cheerios and said, I touched it, daddy. I said, Magnus, (laughs) I can't believe it. And like, and he said, it so like, and he's almost three. He said it so defiantly. It's like he knew that he was playing a mind game. I was like, I know you don't don't know how to do that. I guess you probably do. But I was like, that, I was like, I, I couldn't believe he did that. Sometimes I feel bad, like, like you know, what you're saying about Magnus being picky. Like, I think most toddlers and whatnot, they're going to be picky. Because yeah. I, I don't think they really know what they want. They just want to eat. But like yeah. I, I don't like giving him too much, too many snacks. But like, if he's got to eat, he's got to eat. So, um, but man, like he'll eat some French fries and chicken nuggets from you know whatever fast food restaurant and stuff. We he loves he likes spaghetti. He'll eat that yeah. kind of stuff. But he does love to munch on some snacks, ice cream, popsicles. Oh yeah, the popsicles. Oh yeah, popsicle. We got muffins from uh, Walmart. Yeah, and one of them is like a black blueberry <clears throat> half chocolate muffin. Uh huh. Like two blueberries, two chocolates, and I was like, "Well, he asked for a chocolate muffin, so I'll give it to him." I mean, I'm not gonna. My theory is, if you normalize eating sweets with your kid, then they're not hopefully as apt to abuse them in adulthood. Mm. If it's just a normal, like you make them a, a plate for dinner and you give them like mashed potatoes, corn, green beans, chicken, 
you know, like some peaches, and then a cookie, a Casey's plate. <laughs> yeah, and then, but put a cookie on there too. Yeah, like so he has a choice, and it's not like it's a treat or a reward. It's just part of eating. Makes you sense. You get to enjoy. You can enjoy sweet things. It's not a. It's not that bad to enjoy them, but enjoy them in moderation. Yeah, like not as a replacement. Yeah. Right, because I think I think a lot of kids, especially you know, kids who either parents don't let them have sugar, severely limit the sugar. Which that's to, I'm not going to criticize somebody's parenting terms. That's what you do. That's what you do. Um, that's totally fine. But I think that I I know that when I was around kids who weren't allowed to have sugar, when they finally could, like if they were somewhere where they could, like there were no there was nobody saying don't eat that candy, they'd gobble it up. Mm-hmm. Like. Eat the whole bag of candy because they know they can't take it home. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's one of those like, if you teach your kid to deal with sweets and sugar properly, starting young and making it a normal part of eating, then it's not such a big deal for them to get a piece of candy. They don't want to eat the whole bag of candy. Where they or, binge eat it. Exactly. Like, oh, I went and got a pack of Chips Ahoy and I ate the whole box tonight. Like, have two or three cookies, call it a night. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of stuff's important. With I'll destroy some chips ahoy, though, man. I mean, me too. I mean, I'm no, I'm no stranger to the sweet factory. I love sweet food. I love it. I have that and a big glass of milk. <laughs> I mean, you guys remember how bad I could chug milk. I, I'll never forget. I've never seen anybody chug so much milk in my life. <laughs> I remember when milk, you, would, you... You milk drinker. You would take that whole gallon jug and turn it up. And I remember just being like, oh, my God. And we talked about you entering into some, like, milk challenges, like competitions. Right. Right. Again, that's probably not healthy behavior either. I don't drink out of the jug anymore. Well, those were the that's days. Your, those were the good old days, right? I mean, sometimes I would be like, it would be late at night, like. I don't even know. I don't even remember why I was up, but like I remember coming in, like I would just hear the fridge open, and then you you just like go. I silhouette in the dark. Yeah. (laughs) In my in my underwear, probably. (laughs) The Drogo standing down there thinking I'm gonna feed him, chugging milk. God. Again, those were the days. And your kids, uh, how are they on veggies? For you guys the, the twins crush them yeah oh. Ar- arbor's pretty good about that he he especially likes broccoli which is kind of weird you think that yeah the, like broccoli the twins, be... that's their favorite that's their favorite too yeah nice magnus though he's we sneak him in where we can but he's not if you present <clears> him <throat> with it he's not going to touch it mm-hmm. he's been very much on uh he'll eat cereal he'll eat yogurt but it has to have sprinkles. Ooh. Yeah. Pancakes. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll eat Eggos. Peanut butter jelly, peanut butter honey. Mm. He likes those. He's been eating apples, thank God, lately. Good. Fruit's, pre- fruit's pretty open. You know, the whole, he'll eat fruit. Applesauce. You know, it's, it's, but it's such a, it feels like it's such a narrow, like, so I, I can't believe he's not sick of it yet. Mm-hmm. It's really annoying. But the you gotta take, like you gotta take him the golden crowl, bro. Bro, he wouldn't eat it. Like 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight him on it yeah. right now. Like the the pediatrician says he, he he's a healthy weight. He's growing fine. He's just he's going, getting what he's, he's just doing. going through the, that phase. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any less annoying as a parent. No, like or like if we're out in public, like you take him out to eat, he's not gonna eat anything on the menu, mm-hmm. which is annoying. But we usually have enough snacks on deck. We have three kids, so it's not like it's a huge deal. But I'd rather eat a real meal than like a snack dinner. But you have to do what you have to do. Yeah, true. Ryu was eating a bag of popcorn. Like these, I don't know if they're limited time off or whatever. But like Sam's Club sells like this multi-pack box of like bags of popcorn that like mixed in with like Twix or M and M's and Snickers or whatever. But Ryu was eating a bag of the M and M popcorns, and I'm sitting there eating with him too. But I didn't realize he was putting some of the popcorn back into the bag that he didn't like. So I'm sitting there, (laughs) so I picked the piece up. I'm thinking, oh, this. This Eminem melted and put it in my mouth. I was like, oh my God, he's chewing on this. And I was like, there's no going back. Just swallow it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once it's at that point, you have to commit. Mm-hmm. The, the twins will start to eat something. They'll want to share it with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Those like reach out and be like, here. I'm like, I don't want that. And they're like, they kind of look at you like, you're going to eat it. I'm like, I'm not going to eat that soggy cracker. <laughs> Yo, I'm isn't it crazy? It, but... It's crazy how their manners are better than ours sometimes, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't know about you guys with your boys, but like Ryu's been on this phase where when I'm holding him, he's just beating the hell out of my face, dude. Like he's eye gouging me, eagle clawing my throat. It's and normal. it's and it's going like well the problem is he's doing it to everybody now. Because I let him do it to me all the time. So he thinks it's normal. So I've been trying to tell him to stop. I don't think it's he understands hard. it. Well sometimes I laugh though, because I think it's funny. I probably shouldn't laugh. Well, it's just funny well, watching this kid beat on my face. Well, you know, it's bad because when you do laugh, it reinforces the bad behavior. And I'm yeah. super guilty of it, too. But, like, Magnus and I used to play Macho Man where he'd clamp on my stomach and go, ooh, yeah, drop elbows on his bed. That's great. You know? Yeah, but then, then he tries to do it to Sarah, or he tries to do it to Grandma, ooh, and no, no, no. it doesn't work. So I had to cut that out, like, and he, we used to like, I used to, well, I still do sometimes. I'll throw all three of them around the playroom, like they'll come up to me, and I'll like, I have like pillows and stuff laid out, and I'll like slowly body slam them onto the pillows, like they're not making impact, yes. trust me. But like, I'll, I'll kind of flip them. It's almost like gymnastics, like you flip them around like somersaults, and they kind of flop onto their backs on the pillow, and then they roll out of the way, and then I do the next one. It's like a little a circus, like a tumbling circus almost. Yeah. And you flip them all, and Magnus will get up on the couch, and he'll go. I want to fly, Daddy. I'm like, no, because he'll just jump on, like, try to jump on my back. I'm like, bro, please don't do that. So huh. I'm trying to unlearn that behavior. So I get what you're talking about. Like, you want to laugh because sometimes it's funny. Like, they'll do something really funny and you'll catch them. Like, oh, that was funny. It's like, oh, no, stop. Don't do that. Arbor's not doing that just yet. He, we still play like, you know, monster and like, I'll chase him around, but he, yeah. he if it's still fun. Yeah, it's so much fun. Like I'm, I'm like, it's like one of those things too. Like you kind of forget. Like it's almost like habitual. So like I'll sometimes I'll just be like I don't even realize what I'm doing. Like I'll just all them automatically go into monster mode, just like start crawling around chasing him. But like, you know, if he gets too scared, he'll just like you know turn around and try to hug me or whatever. Because I guess like that he thinks that'll like stop the the scariness. Stop, daddy. Yeah. (laughs) So it's funny. I feel bad for Magnus once I get him in trouble. But, like, we have this game called Kabong, 
like it's based i think i've talked about before it's an old cartoon from back in the day el kabong he's mm-hmm. like a i think he's a horse he's a cowboy horse and he'd hit people with guitars and go kabong so i, I oh. make like this like karate chop hand like like buzz lightyear action mm-hmm. yeah and I'll, I'll see him and I'll, I'll make my eyes real big and as soon as i do that he'll scream because he knows i'm about to go and chase him down the hall with a kabong hand and uh every now and then i'll open the car door when i'm getting him out of the car and i'll look at him with the with the kabong face and he'll go it's real like i'm gonna stop screaming i'm like i'm sorry That's trevor, I th- you got trouble. trevor i think you'll understand this i'm not sure about you drew like when I say this part, like <clears throat> as far as like chasing our kids around, like sometimes if I'm trying to like get Reed so I can change his diapers, he'll run away from me. So oh, I'll yeah. start walk. I'll walk towards him like in a speed run or a speed walk, like Mr. X and Resident Evil Two. Oh yeah, whole body posture oh, and all. God. I'm just like I'm stomping in the house, dude, and he's like dude. screaming and running, dude. He he he'll Arbor so will fun, do man. that same thing, but then like it, like it almost will like be fun for him until I actually do get him and lay him down to yeah. change him, and then it becomes like not fun for him anymore. He, 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 he's been like like this for a while now but it didn't and it didn't used to be but like about like 75 percent of the time he doesn't enjoy getting his diaper changed at all like he actually like will start to like fuss and whine Absolutely. yeah and and yeah. It, it can be pretty difficult especially if he's like pooped in his diaper or whatever it's does um, he does he do the luke Kang bicycle kick on you yes yes he, he'll, he'll try to kick you yeah. in the face and stuff like but it's it's just you know, I'm just like I'm helping you. You know, like I don't understand, but um, help me help. Like you. help me help you. Exactly. You, you've got all this poop here, but like yo, nothing is scarier than when you're wiping a poop out and the kid reaches down and grabs one of the straps oh of the diapers. God. And you're like, oh, oh my god! No, oh, dude. please no! Like oh, the panic that sets in, like you almost scream at him. I mean, like no, like stop, please don't. Every time do I that. see like, that happen, like I just like summon like the strength of all dads out there, and like I'll just like grab his two legs and hold him up like with one arm, and just like I'm doing amazing stuff <laughs> with like the, the other hand, like I'm scooping the diaper out from under him and like powdering him and stuff, like it. And then the wipes. Oh yeah. How often do you try to get one wipe out? Like three of them come That's out. Why, like you're having dude, to yank it. You got to do that. Like, you're like pre-wipe oh trick. You got to get like five yes. at a time. You, you yeah, I'll be pull, ready. Like, I'll be like one, two, three, four, five, and then I'll have them ready. So like in That's case right. you, you need them, and then if you don't need them, you just put them back in there. But yeah. I will say that three babies deep now. My my wipe hand, my wipe wrist is like wow, <laughs> like it pops like a whip. Like I can get one out every time now. <laughs> yeah. But it used to like oh, I struggled. I was get. I remember when Magnus was a baby, like a little baby. I'd get so pissed at the wipes, like I'd yank it up, and the whole thing would. Because I'd be, so, I'd be tired and frustrated and over it. I try to get one out, and I wouldn't get. I just yank it. I know it probably fly up to the ceiling. Low ceilings here. It's not flying like twenty feet in the air. Mm-hmm. We'd be like, "Whoa, pop!" Move. And so I'm like, "You good?" And I'm like, "I'm good now." Like, but I, these wipes. I, like, I know you. Every, everything is so stressful when you have a new baby. Like in hindsight, it's like, what was I worried about? Like. I know you guys know, but like, it's also that thing too, like where, like, you know, they're not like tiny little babies anymore. So, but they're also not like using the bathroom by themselves either. So it's like that nasty stage where it's like, they're now they're yeah. kind of pooping like regular people now. And it's like, it's Oh my God, you know, it's way, it's way worse than when they were tiny little infants, you know, where you could just wipe it and be done. Now it's like this, this is rough. Like There's sometimes. Process. Yeah. We got, we got Magnus. Well, he we got him a little like mock toilet to use inside. 
I know we're way off topic, but it's whatever. <laughs> Kids. I, I got him. Yeah, we got him a, uh, a little fake toilet. It's just like a miniature version of ours. And he's been peeing. And if, if like, say, we're trying to do a potty training a couple, like, three or four days where we stay at home. Mm-hmm. And just, we've heard, if you read online, if you have him go bottomless, like, nothing. Just a Winnie the Pooh all day. T-shirts and that's it. They don't want to, like. They don't want to poop in the house. They they know they're not supposed to do that. So they'll actively search for a toilet. Mm. And That's we haven't we haven't we did it for a day and we had we got one poop in the potty, which is a big deal. Yeah. He pees <clears> in the <throat> potty, no problem. If we're outside, he wants to pee on the fence. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. He's at my mom and dad's house. He pees off the deck. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. funny. Like <laughs> He's like, I'll go, I won't pee off deck. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> it's great. better than in your pants, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Pretty funny to watch a little three-year-old pee off the deck. Cherokee told me she's like, I've done it a couple times with you, but and every now and then he'll let us know, like, you know, potty. So we'll take him to the bathroom. We got a little potty training seat for the downstairs bathroom, but I wasn't there for this one. But she asked me one day, she's like, have you been teaching him how to, you know, count to three in the bathroom? I was like, no. Because apparently, like, she brought him in there one day, and he's sitting on the toilet. He goes, one, two, three. And he goes, <clears throat> like, trying to push it out. I was like, whoa. But I didn't teach him that. That's, that's some that's Cocoa Melon stuff right there. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Cocoa Melon's teaching him. That's right. Yo, Shout out to Appleberry and JJ. <laughs> I did that demon version of JJ. He's <laughs> spooky, man. But yeah, it's it's wild. Like, the whole like the fight of changing diapers it's like the it's it's got to be when you walk in the especially it's morning times are the worst cuz you know that you're probably walking into a nightmare yeah especially and it's what's see we used to and I play baby roulette if we're both up at the same time in the morning where we open the door to the twins room and if it smells like poop we're like which one you want pick and see who gets the lucky the lucky clean baby who gets the bomb who gets yes brutal sometimes i can't wait to be done with diapers though well the funny thing like going on the subject of the food like you're changing the diaper and you're looking at it you're like what the heck did you eat i started thinking that like what did you eat yesterday or today of course for this to happen well like you know you know a lot of times i miss out on a lot of the poop diapers because i'm i'm going to work a lot well, but, lucky you, but, Trevor. But like, for real, I'll, I'll get to experience like you know these rare. I, I would consider them rare. They're not very often, but on the weekends, they'll just be these weird days. And Lori will tell me even about the weekdays that I miss. But like, there'll be these days where Arbor just like poops like six times, and I'm just like, what's going on? Like, you you've yeah. been eating the same stuff. Like, I this one like Saturday recently, I was just like changing so many poop diapers. I just couldn't figure out what it was that that prompted such bowel movements. The power of the bowels. So think about it like this, like cause the kids here pretty much eat the same thing. So if one of them shitting a lot, you know what the rest of them are doing? Pooping. Shitting a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So times three, we go through, the poop pack, bro. Like I'm telling you, like, Every now and then, if I if I if I happen to get lucky and get all three in a row, just wham, bam, bam, like you 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 get them all. And Magnus will probably tell you like I poop. I'm like, 
yay, buddy, <laughs> let's go. Like, I call it, I call it, if it was like a country western movie, it'd be called Three Deuces for Daddy. Nice. <laughs> you, that's what you I hear every time. That's a, that's an Oscar winner right there, man. <laughs> well, it's like, especially like the, the twins can be a package deal. You get both of them at the same time, and then you go get Magnus, and he's done it too, and you're like, God, it's like a poop already. It's it's eight o'clock in the morning. I've got three poops already on my on my books today. A poo poo. A doo doo. A poo poo. A doo doo. Shoot on. That's a throwback. <laughs> For real. Gorilla <laughs> zone. But no, talking about the food though, like have you guys given speaking of poop and food, have you guys given them any like colored cereals? Like fruit loops? Yeah. Anything like that? Yeah. Cocoa Krispies. None none of so, the colored stuff. If you get colored cereal, you're going to get some colored poop. Oh. So be ready. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for it. I've seen a very, very, dis, uh, you know, wide range of colors uh, in the feces, green. the fecal color palette. So I heard it on uh, a different podcast, and then I experienced it myself. But there's a thing. I believe it's called Booberry Stool. It happened in, like, the 50s or 60s. Where kids were eating that pink blueberry cereal, huh? I think it was uh, it was either Sawbones or my brother, my brother and me. I heard initially before I had kids, and then Magnus. I got during Halloween. I got Magnus some of the fun, uh, Halloween cereals. <clears throat> he ate it, and his stool turned like it was either blue or pink. <laughs> but apparently, people freaked out about it when it happened the first time. Uh, back in the 50s or 60s, whenever that came out, or 60s, 70s, whenever it happened, yeah. to the point where people were taking their doctor, taking their kids to the doctor. And the doctors came together and realized it was just blueberry food coloring, <laughs> making their kids poop a different color and not to freak out about it. And it became called Booberry Stool. Look it up. Yo, I've got to get some of that blueberry cereal uh, now. This year, this year, they're putting out a cereal with like Count Chocula, Booberry, and Frankenberry uh-huh. called the Monster Mash. It's all of them together. Oh my god! I, then I'll have to get that. Then that's gonna be some poobar- that's gonna be some pooberry cereal. <laughs> it's gonna be gonna be rowdy. That's crazy. Rowdy. <laughs> rowdy. Well, up any other? I guess food and poop go hand in hand, so those topics are closely related. Yeah, they I are. mean it's definitely. Uh, I guess literally hand in hand. Can't have one without the other. <laughs> I guess. I don't think there's any worse feeling than when you're using the wipe and you feel you feel your finger slip off it and you know mm-hmm. that you've already committed a party foul. I already. I, 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 that's what you know. I'll get another wipe and just take care of that. You know. Just, no, you do, and then you go wash your hands. But it's like the, as soon as you see it there, that feeling in your stomach, like. <sighs> or when, or when, like a a poop hasn't really, I guess, taken its course completely. And you're like digging in there trying to get all that stuff out. Like, like it, corn. Yeah, it just, you know, sometimes it can be like you just want to be like, well, maybe I just, maybe I did it too soon. Maybe it should have, should have had some more like time in the oven. Yeah, it wasn't done yet. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't help too if like there's like a ton of pee in the diaper. So it's just like, you just got this heavy, soggy diaper. This abomination. Mm. Uh, I think we've pretty much covered what we need to cover on the topic of food and poo. Let's dive into that resident evil village. 
village. Yo. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh so if we're gonna grade it, we'll keep it simple. Out of out of five, what would you guys give it? I know Drew, you haven't played it, but you you, yeah, you, so, know, you watch the streams. Yeah. That's full disclosure. I didn't actually play Village, but I watched a full playthrough of Village from start to finish. Um, so I know the whole story. I watched a lot of gameplay. So I feel like I, I can be a semi-accurate judge of at least the story and the content, not so much gameplay. But I would give it, as a viewer, a four. I enjoyed watching it. It looks good. <clears throat> I'd give it a four as well. I really enjoyed it, like, in retrospect right now. You know, I haven't recently beat it a couple weeks ago, but I thought it was good. And, like, the story was different versus all the original Resident Evil games. But it's it's still good with, like, you know, seven and eight, the two of them as, like, a, a collective story or whatever. I think they handled it pretty well with the content that was given to us. What about you, Trevor? I mean, um, I'm going to give it a four as well. Like, honestly, like it, if it's going to be in a, on a, you know, scale from one to five, that's what it's got to be for me. Yeah. So what, what did you guys as players, and I'll chime with what I like too, but what did, as players, what did you guys like the most about that game? I, I like the, the, the combat, if you will, as far as like the gunplay, the the variety of guns in this in this game was a lot better than seven. Mm-hmm. But that I mean, this was definitely action heavy versus the previous game. Um, I really liked the the second part of the story with the dollhouse. Um, that was just you know that's straight yeah. up PT inspired. But man, it was it's been a while since I've been terrified of anything in a as far as the video game goes, but that did it for me. Yeah. Um, what was it was real striking for me. I mean, just I, I can imagine playing it, which is why I watched it because I didn't want to play it. Yeah, but I can only imagine as a player because I mean, I played PT and it was scary and nothing was actual. Well, I guess technically you're being chased, but not like that. Yeah. Um, that was definitely. I just I know they couldn't have drug it out for longer. I I wish it would have been longer because it was like the the scariest part of the game for me as well as a viewer. Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed watching that part. Like, the whole time I was watching, I was like, man, I'm, I'm good on this. Like, it was, it was short and sweet. I'll say that. Um, yeah. the whole Lady Demetres part, like, I wish that was longer. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed the memes that have come out of it and all the mods. Oh, yeah. But with the fly swatter mod. That's the greatest thing, man. Especially her, what she says after you smack her with the fly swatter. She's like, you despicable. Whatever she says, or whatever and she's chasing you around. Stupid Dude, man but, thing. Yeah, there you go. But the the Thomas the the Thomas the Train mod on her face is terrifying. Oh, man, yeah, it's scary. It's scarier than the actual real version. Side note: Thomas yeah. himself is just scary. Have you watched Thomas? I've on seen Netflix? all those creepy Thomas like videos too. Like all those oh, like weird gosh. mods where Thomas is, is like an evil demon. I like. The one where they made Thomas the dragons in Skyrim. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Off topic, but yeah. I mean, I I personally like I I agree with Josh. Like, definitely the gunplay, the gameplay is like on point. As where when it comes to like a the the first person Resident Evil experience, 
And then, you know, as far as like, you know, some of the elements of the story go, I definitely appreciate the fact that they went somewhere new with it. Like, like Capcom, at least with the Resident Evil franchise, has been known to like, you know, experiment with some different things. And it's good to see that they're trying that, you know, not just sticking with the same formula over and over again. Um, I liked that they tried to incorporate a lot of different like horror tropes. It wasn't just like zombies. It was like, you know, your vampire-esque, you know, creatures, your werewolves, your like um, demonic baby fetus thing. Like that very, very diverse like enemy types. And, you know, I definitely like, uh, you know, some people might say it's like, oh, well, it it seemed a little inconsistent, you know, like they should have stuck with like one type of thing. But I felt like it gave you like, it gave multiple people with multiple different interests something, you know, like say you get, yeah. say you weren't a fan of like the vampire stuff. Well, okay. Maybe you like werewolves. Like maybe you like, maybe you like the supernatural. Like, and there, there's like a whole, you know, different, like a bunch of different like qualities there to like appreciate, even if you didn't like one specifically. But the, the good thing was like, everything was explained like why, it was the way it was or why they were the way they were, you know? Yeah. They just weren't like werewolves to be werewolves. Like they're all, they're all just a bunch of experiments really. Yeah. It's different fingers on the same hand. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Kind of wish it could be like Mega Man where you pick who you wanted to go to first. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You could like experience them in different orders, like, and see if they change stuff, which obviously it's, it's meant linear for a reason. Yeah. Cause the story builds up, I get it, but it's definitely cool how each stage had its own, you could feel where it was inspired from and each, like like you said, each one's almost like a different monster, like vampires, then like supernatural demonic horror, and then grossly disfigured, like spooky horror. And then almost like not steampunk, cyber, cyber, uh, cyber monster Frankenstein creations or something. Metal, metal gear Heisenberg. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Metal gear Heisenberg. That's right. Um, that's yeah. And I mean, like I, visually, it looks great, you know, on the new yeah. system. I mean, I know it's like, uh, it came out for like the PS4 and you know Xbox, like diff- all the different like systems, like the older consoles as well. But on on the next generation, I mean, it looks great. Um, there's even parts, you know, like even oddly for like a, a horror game, there's parts that actually are kind of like weirdly like relaxing, if that makes sense. Like, uh, the 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 sound design is great. Like if if you like, just sometimes I would go back and just kind of listen to, you know, some of the stuff in the headset, and it it was pretty awesome, but creepy at the same time because you can hear so many different things going on, and it yeah. it constantly keeps you on the edge of your seat because you don't know if like, you know, there's something around the corner, or there's something behind you, um, little creaks. I think a good horror game too is going to have those like, like you said, almost relaxing moments. Mm-hmm almost to lull you into a sense of security. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, oh, jar you out of that comfort again. Absolutely. And I, I think that they did a, as a viewer, the game felt real smooth. Like, especially like, I know the guy who I was watching definitely had played it a couple times. Cause he was really smooth with like, he knew where to look to make it cinematic. And it felt very cinematic watching him play it, except for like the grindy stuff. Like, finding all the weapons and killing all the bosses. I get that you have to do that stuff, but yeah, just when he's going from point A to point B and showing 
what the levels look like. He would pan across these levels like, man, that just looks like I almost wish I was playing it so I could really look at the world myself because it looks really good. Yeah. Especially that castle, man. That castle was polished. Like, oh, it yeah. was awesome looking. It reminded me. I was going to say the exterior of it reminds I I want to say it was almost Castlevania influenced. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. For sure. I wish that there was a way to turn off the hostile stuff in the castle just so you could like just get rid of it so you could literally just explore that castle and look at the fine cuz there was, like every room was so detailed. I'm sure there weren't like r- duplicated rooms. Like it'd be really cool to just go through and like room by room look at that place. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like the it- castle Oh, not to interrupt Trevor, but like, there's a trophy for breaking all the windows in the castle. What? Yeah. You have to smash all the windows in the, in the castle. Oh, area. man. I wanted to try that now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like, I, I just, I felt like there were just a bunch of different stages, like a bunch of different locations in the game that um, they kind of brought a little something more to the table. And it's not often you'll see that in, like, a Resident Evil game. I know there's been, a, like, a, you know, what are we on? Like, this is eight now, but there's like other, you know, spinoffs, other different like games that have tried a little something new, but I don't think anything has been so ambitious as this. Cause I mean, you know, seven was very ambitious. The first resident evil game in, in first person, everybody kind of either loved it or hated it, you know? Yep. Um, but this, this is like the first one that I think kind of like said, you know, we're going to move in a different direction as far as, uh, you know the enemy types. Uh, yeah. You know, even even continuing Seven's you know liberal storytelling and like the way that they did the they did the design of the game, like it it makes me curious to see where they're going to go from here. Like because yeah. it could it could go either way. I mean, they have a great opportunity to to improve upon what they've done, and they also have you know the opportunity to go in the wrong direction. So. Yeah. I guess we'll see. You know, so obviously this is a spoiler filled review, but yeah. fast forwarding to the ending, I'm not sure if you guys, I know, well, I think we've all seen like the post credit scene where <clears throat> fast forward into, I don't know if it's a near future or whatnot, but, uh, you know, when Rose is grown and she gets into that vehicle with, uh, the guy that works for Chris or whatever, when they're driving off into the, in the distance, or whatever. Like, if you notice, like, there's someone walking towards yes. that vehicle, and I guess the data miners had like went into the files of the game or whatever, and the character model is of Ethan. What? Really? Yeah. So it was Ethan walking towards that vehicle? Well, interesting. Fungus, Chris. Well, since What's Ethan's that? Ethan's like Father Fungus, fungus right now. <laughs> um, like, I swear, when they at that last cutscene when Ethan's falling apart, and he's like. Take her and go, Chris. I want him to be like, I can't go on, Chris. I'm fungus. I'm fungus now. I'm, <laughs> I'm fungus, Chris. I guess with... I'm mold, Chris. Let me stay with the mold. <laughs> Apparently, if you look at his severed hand when it's in your inventory, you can see the mold. Whoa. That's interesting. Hand. So next time, if you play it again, I love look at I it. love little details like that. It's not, it's not really an Easter egg, but it's just like some a little fun detail that may go unnoticed, especially <clears> in the <throat> first playthrough. Well, because that happens so it's so quick too, though. Like your hands cut off, you run away from Lady D. You get back to your hand, you jump in the elevator, then you you put some healing mist on it, and you're good to go. Yeah, I'm Sprite. 
Yeah. Lady Lady D, like it was a clean cut. Like I don't know a Randy Orton out of nowhere she cut that hand off, dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like I was not expecting it at all. And like while we're while we're still in the pros, you know, like let's talk about like, you know, the the different bosses, like the main bosses of each area. Like um, I feel like they you know, they may be hit or miss with like some people. Like some obviously people are gonna have their favorites. Lady D seems to be the most meme worthy. But, you know, she's really like a a small blip like on the map if you like kind of look at the whole game. Like she a lot of people I think expected her to be in the game more so than she actually was. All um, the trailers and the marketing was towards her. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Like it was like this game Honestly, is about Lady D. Like by the game, you can see her. You know, you can smack her with the fly swatter. Like um just follow her <laughs> but, around. She'll like give you she'll step on you. It's all about getting stepped on by her. I don't I don't understand that, but she's she's gonna sit on it, you. It's, it's supposed to be like a it's supposed to be a dominatrix thing, Trevor. I mean, I understand next, I understand no, that part. I just don't no, understand why you would want to be stepped on by her. Like I don't understand that part. Well, Clearly, you're not into being dominated, Trevor. I just Dude, I need like, to be stepped on, I guess, to realize the power <laughs> of Lady D, the the seductive power of the foot all up in my face. Have you seen well, like a foot the, in the face is a different avenue? Anyway, have you seen the chart <laughs> comparisons like of Lady D versus Nemesis and Mr. X? Like, oh yeah, Dude, she's, she's like two she, or three feet taller than them. She towers over them, dude. Those Wolverine claws too make short work of those guys. Some people were saying, some people were saying that like you know she, she like may have gotten like some, you know, tyrant type like influences. Like you know how like the tyrants are super tall, but like then I started to kind of question that theory because it's just she's she's in a different time, I guess. She's like post the tyrant stuff. So like I don't know. There's a lot of different like, especially like you know spoiler free stuff like later on in the game you'll you kind of like see some ties to like the previous installments but like as far as like you know the the diversity of the characters it was great you know like it's nice to see that they didn't just stick with like oh okay here's some zombies you know like as, oh, as, a whole as cool as the, as the zombies are you know I, i'll always appreciate the older the resident evil like storylines and and the zombies and everything like the the different virus strains but it was nice it, it was nice to try something new because i think there are a lot of like series out there that continue with the same thing it gets a little old after a while yeah you know i was just thinking like because eight looks amazing but man like you know a couple years ago when resident evil 2 remake came out like even now, like if I'm to think about the the two of them and like which one is more like that like brought more anxiety to me, it was, it's still two. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think there's something to that. Like I think that you know, and I mean, it's kind of like how we started this whole topic, like with the you know talking about that baby and like the Donna Beneviento's mansion. Like I feel like that was the most stressful part of the entire game. And like, but what's crazy is like all we can kind of remember is that being the most stressful part of the game. Yeah. Like, like that, there weren't any other parts that made me feel <clears throat> even close to that level of anxiety, even with all yeah. my my guns. You know, like I felt like I was able to kind of take care of myself. But like, as far as like Resident Evil Two, like you're saying, Josh, or even even three, you know, the three remake with Nemesis, there were a lot of moments like where 
in third person, you would think it would be less, I guess, um, personable or, you know, like in first person, you'd expect it to be okay. Like I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm, these things are going to be scarier, but like somehow they were able to convey the sense of dread in third person and those and two and three remake. Um, I guess maybe because of the, the environments being so claustrophobic, um, there weren't as, there weren't as many, you know, ways to get away from the big bads, you know, like Mr. X or nemesis, you had to kind of like go through doors and they would chase you through the doors. It was just hard to escape them. Similar to the baby. There was just a lot, yeah. the whole, the whole game, like Mr. X is kind of chasing you, you know, and two, and it's like, you, you just feel that sense of dread. You hear those footsteps. You want to, you don't know whether to hide. Like you can't really hide from him. I think part of the anxiety too, comes with knowing that a lot of times in resident evil two, you almost have to run right past, like you have almost have to go the, in the door he came through to get away from him. Yeah. Whereas in this game, especially like even like Lady D and her her daughters, like they chase you around the whole, they kind of stalk you through the castle too. Yeah. Nothing like not, Mr. X. Not, the, not like Mr. X, but yeah. like as soon as they pop, like I noticed on the guy I was watching, as soon as they pop up, he just sprint through like three or four doors and go down a couple, like go down a flight of stairs and they were gone. Yeah. Like he lose them easily. I just feel like on two, like you could not lose Mr. X. Like you couldn't get away from him. He was like the Terminator, like boom, 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 like coming through the walls. Like, please get away from me. Right. Please. Like, I just need a second to collect my thoughts. Like, go away. Yeah. Did you trigger the, the not the cutscene, but the part where Mr. X bashes through the wall, Trevor? Oh, yeah. That's that terrifying, to death. too. Mm. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, like I said, like, I don't know how they were able to convey this sense of dread in third person um more so i think than in first person because it should have been not and i mean i'm not trying to take away from like the scariness of like some of the sequences in eight but it was just it it, it was a different feeling so like i I know what you mean by like that sense of like mr x just being like this force that's like well do i like try to shoot him to like stall him or do i try to like go in a room and like run around him like i he just won't stop. Like, it, whereas the girls, the daughters in eight, like I kind of felt like I was like, okay, I ran through two doors and now I'm safe. You know, like I, I didn't feel like they were even able, like capable of following me any further. Well, like, I think it's Mr. like Mr. X wants you dead and the daughters are playing with you. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Well, Mr. Um, X, like going into character design, Mr. X has like this lifeless expression on his face. Yeah. You know, and then the, all the daughters are, they're talking, they're laughing. Lady D is thick. I mean, you don't. There's nothing really to be. <laughs> there's nothing to be afraid of, man. She's chasing you. Like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, like but people, people no, are like, wanting her, her to kill them. Yeah, like, people are like waiting. There's for no. Her. There's no like. I'm not. You know, like. It might have been like a, a like being startled, like seeing her like in mm-hmm. another room, but like. I guess the AI was just a lot better with Mister X than it was with Lady D. I think too yeah. though it's a difference in style like the way resident evil 2 plays is a lot like scarier to play yeah yeah it's a lot slower to move a slower to action it's harder to aim and as a i think as a con for resident evil 8 just in general as a viewer especially i was never worried about ethan dying no especially i mean he but even even after he's he should have died a hundred times and didn't like just in general, he's got a lot of weapons. He's finding stuff all the time. Like he's got guns. He's finding plenty of ammo. Like are making it. Like I didn't feel like he was up against 
insurmountable odds. It was a long time. You may as well have just replaced his character model with Rambo or somebody like that. You know, like, honestly, like, I just, I I felt like, you know, as relatable as they tried to make Ethan, especially for for us, you know, as fathers, like, I feel like we would do the same thing if, like, we were in some kind of crazy situation like that, trying to get our children back or whatever. But it's, like... He I took guess, all that real well, by the uh, way. Yeah, he took it incredibly well. I mean, if we're talking about Father's Day coming around the corner, I mean, Ethan Ethan is dad of the year. He's just getting his hand chopped off, stabbed, shot. Like, he, he's going through a ton of stuff. The I mean, thing is, like, he doesn't question any of it. Oh, I just lost it. three fingers. That's cool. Let me wrap I, it up. My hand's chopped off. Let me put it back together. He gets run through the center of his body, at least, before I stop counting, at least four or five times. Like, totally should be dead. I mean, and then he's just fine. He's fine, and like one one of my f- most memorable sequences that kind of like em- embodies or like captures that whole like mentality that he has is uh you know when he's he's being like hung by his hands through hooks uh, by yes. Lady D, and he 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 you know somehow summons the strength of the gods to remove his those hooks from his hands. Actually, he just rips his hands through the hooks, yep. falls down, and then he looks around. He's like. The first thing he sees is that magic water over in the corner. And he goes over to it. And he's like, you know, he's like pouring the water on his hands. He's like healing it up. And then I was just like, does he not question like why that's like, he just ripped his hands in half. Like he should be, he should have like hands like falling apart like here. Like, and that, not to like, not to mention he's already been brutally injured like earlier in the game. Like, half of his left hand was eaten right up, dude, right up in the, the gate. Yeah, like it looked like there was still some meat hanging off of that one second finger. Yeah, if you look closely, yeah. and I was like, "That's almost like oh. a bone sticking out." Yeah, yeah. And what's funny about that gimp hand too? That he, like he's missing the hand, the fingers on. He uses that's that's a, that's a strong hand. Yeah, he uses that hand to ride down zip lines to pull stuff. Like this man has a he has another hand that has his whole. I mean, it did get cut off once. But it's reattached now. It seems to be working fine. Why wouldn't you use your whole hand to ride down a zip line? What killed me is when he three fingered hand. What killed me is when he attached his hand. The clothing got reattached too. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. Like he's not only able to summon the, the water doesn't just heal flesh; it heals like linen. Like he's yeah. able to just like, shows it back. I need on. that water. I need that water. Give me Don't that holy, all, the holy water of like Saint Brendan. Like I'll I'll, I'll pour I'll, that all over my knees, man. There you go. All I know is so, yeah. Ethan is a hell of a trooper. He he, you know, that's that's some unconditional love and and also some crazy like brain brain damage to not even question how you're able to survive some of this stff. Like, can we talk I, about the the choke slams that Lady D gave him? I mean, she oh, she man. slams him through the floor. He he falls hundreds of feet, hundreds of feet multiple times. And then he gets yeah. up and he goes, "Do your worst" or something like that. Like. Dude, like you just what, fell. What, what more do you want? Oh, oh. <laughs> she showed him, and she cut that hand off. She just disembowels him and hangs him by his intestines. The boss fights in general, especially as a viewer, felt very rinse and repeat. Like you, Lady D, you run around the tower, shooter, run around the tower, shooter. When you fight, um, what's his name? The fish guy. I can't remember his name. Yeah, uh, Moreau. 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 Yeah. When you fight him, it's the same thing. Like shoot barrels. He's chasing. Yeah, you shoot the barrels. You're running away from him. It's it's 
you run around the corner, you set up a mine, he hits it, boom, you shoot the barrel, boom, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Same thing with a lot of the uh, the repetitive bosses, like the big guys with the hammers and axes and stuff. Like you kind of just run away from them, shoot them, hide behind something, or my favorite, put your hands up and oh. block all the damage. The DMX block. You're blocking heavy weapons with your bare hands, like axes. Like there's no way. He doesn't realize his power. Yeah, well, I'm, and I don't care that that's the animation they picked. Yeah. I know it's literally just, what are we going to use to stop the damage? Oh, it's a block. Fine. But I don't think when he blocks with his hands, he takes enough damage when he gets hit. I agree with you, especially on like those giant hammer strikes. I think Trevor and yeah, I like, talked about it, how like I, didn't, I barely used the blocking mechanic in the game. I would just run away. Quick turn oh, man. and shoot. Yeah, the blocking stuff. Like, I, I don't think I ever used it once. Like, I think I just took whatever hit came my way. And well, the playthrough I watched, like I was telling Josh, this guy blocks everything. Like, he's blocking axes, hammers, great swords, arrows. Like, he's blocking everything with his hands. And I'm like, this man's hands are so destroyed. See, like, and yeah, it's just, I, I think they should have incorporated instead of a, or maybe during certain things if you blocked at the right time maybe you, he like dodged out the way instead yeah a dodge would have been just much more it, practical it, I, to make it more believable as, i feel like it would have felt strange in first person which is probably why they didn't do it yeah but as, as i just think that the block was laughable as, as a, a legit defensive maneuver absolutely and like i think as far as like you know a non-story con like a, a purely <laughs> gameplay con the the pinnacle of them for me was the fact that you already have an unbelievably survivalist character that survives these crazy situations. So we're the player should be wondering how the how he's still even functioning. And on top of that, you're going to give him a gameplay mechanic where he can just hold his hands up, and like you're you're already wondering how he's alive. Like so, he's just holding his nubs up, his deformed, decrepit limbs, and and he's just taking more hits. So like it just adds to the even more confusion where you're like, how is he alive still? Like, how is he alive? Like he's just werewolves are like swiping at him and like, like Lady D's like got her claws and she's just like slashing at him and he's just like holding his hands up. He'll, he yeah, likes that though. He's into it. Yeah. And like that, that's that. that's one thing that it kind of was just like, well, okay, obviously as people with common sense, we knew that there was something. Some more to like why Ethan was able to survive this stuff. We just didn't know right. until the very end. But like, right. I mean, you can kind of infer like something's off with Ethan, like towards the beginning of the game. But the yeah. the fact that they just keep giving you this gameplay choice is like, okay, well, you can block with your hands. Just use Ethan's yeah. entire body to block this. Yeah. Like just now, Ethan's just a pathetic dummy. Just use him as like a shield. I will say the final bot the, the final boss battle with uh Mother Miranda, like when I died a couple times, like that's when I started using block because I was like, yeah. man, this she's kind of annoying. I think that they're trying to tie this, like they're really trying hard to tie back to the original series because, like, yeah. the one like the scrapped concept art for Ada Wong being in the mercenaries scenario, and then them talking about Oswald Spencer or whatever, bringing him like name, name dropping him, mm. and then they're talking about the BCAA or not, wait, not the, the BS. AA or whatever it was that Chris was part yeah. of. Yeah. Um, 
something something interesting interesting is probably going to happen in nine. Yeah, if like well, I think you know, they, I think that like Capcom plays into that nostalgia people have for Resident Evil Two. Yeah, because it's like well, Resident Evil also because it's one of those long running franchises like a Final Fantasy or a, I mean even like a Dark Souls at this point where like fans love callbacks to the old games. Whether it's you see the umbrella logo, even though it doesn't mean umbrella. Like, oh, I saw that. I noticed that. Make a note of it. It's important. It may not be anything. That's why Chris keeps coming back. You know, they want to keep all these plot lines interweaving because they know that we're suckers for nostalgia. Yeah. Even like for me watching it, the way when you pick up items, it goes like, Dum! and like yeah. you can look at the item, like kind of flip it over, like the old school games used to be, well, and you can and- read about it. I was gonna say, in Resident Evil Two, you couldn't do that. Oh, really? Yeah, in the original one on PlayStation One, like it was in like Resident Evil One, you can rotate the items and like, oh, there's something here, you know, pick off the item. But in Two, yeah, you just examine it and it it says something about it. But you couldn't do any like rotations or whatever. Yeah, hmm. that's it. that's still that whole mechanic. Even the way it pops up, I don't know if it's just a cap. Oh yeah, thing, it, it just be. feels so retro. It's got to be because like they, you know, the way things like. More more realistic like uh, games like The Last of Us, you know, Last of Us Two or anything like games that kind of play off of, like the more realism like with with imaginary circumstances, like they they don't like do that kind of thing. It's like there's just this no. there's this like Capcom thing where like it's like this is Resident Evil. Like obviously you know Ethan's not teleporting this item around like where it's like rotating around right. you know, but it, we all kind of play off. It's like well that's just the Resident Evil stuff. That's a Resident Evil yeah. vibe, which like, yeah. you know, it's it's enjoyable. It's not I don't think we play Resident Evil stuff to feel like to to try to imagine it as like, you know, reality. I think we all kind of know yeah. it's yeah just really out there. But like, um, I don't know. I don't I don't know if they're going to continue to do that, like play off of like the nostalgia, like of past installments. But it it should be interesting. I mean, it seems like they're kind of like setting it up for Ethan's daughter. To be a big part of this, yeah. Um, so I guess we'll see what they do. I have a feeling Wesker is going to get back in this somehow. I know with six it was his son or something like that, but uh, I bet you something happened in five. Where Resident Evil Six, Wesker, if he's, I mean, I I think you're right, Josh, and that's going to make it so funny to me because like if anybody should be dead, it's Wesker. If you oh, if dude, you played got- five. He got rocket launchered into a volcano. Like he and should it looked be like dead. Yeah, he decapitated, man. Chris. Oh man. He hate, yo, they hated each other, man. Shovel. Shovel. Chris. I just loved when Chris would die like in co-op and then Sheva like waits like 10 seconds. She's like Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Before we before we finish Resident Evil, though, there's one very very important person we have to discuss. That's the Duke. Let's talk about the Duke. He's he is the heavy hitter. He is yeah. the the true I think character of this this game. I think he's going to be a major part of the series moving forward. I think Capcom's very been- subtle in this. I want a mod where he you put the Duke instead of Mister X in Resident Evil Two. <laughs> and his ca- wait 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 and his carriage chasing you around. 
I want to see him waddling through the halls. Like, oh, why don't we just make walk. every character in the every character in Resident Evil is the Duke? Like, Lady D is the Duke. Oh, Everybody's the Duke. The Duke is dressed up in Lady D's clothes. She's stalking <laughs> you through the house. Like, I feel like the Duke is definitely going to be brought forward in the future. I as, doubt it. As, Trevor. As, I, I'm telling you right now, they there's so <laughs> many hints as to like, like especially when when Ethan is like. So who are you anyway? I mean, they threw this in at the end. There's no, re- they don't just do things for no reason. So like, they, yeah, yeah, they, they threw it at the end, and he's just like, so who are you? And he's just like, you know, it's hard to explain. And it's like, okay, well, well you're going to explain it obviously in the future. Like, we we need to know who you are. Okay, so in four, like the the merchant would say a, a certain line about like the stuff that he sold. And the Duke had said it in in eight, and he goes, and he laughs about it. He goes, that's something that an old friend of mine used to say. Yeah. Which is a, a callback to the merchant in four. And it, it could either truck... be, yeah, like it, it could be first. like an Easter egg or it could be yeah. like, like he actually was there, which would kind of like make you wonder, like, how old is this dude? Like, is he a part of like everything? Like, does he know like more about like the beginning of like this whole franchise? Like, is there well, a merchant's guild in Resident Evil? Yeah. Oh, shit. Like he, he's Yo. actually Wesker's stepbrother, and he's just been, you know, Wesker's been off like getting, you know, power, and he's just been feasting for years. He's just been eating and eating and eating until he's Yo. become so immense, so <laughs> so immense that he can't. me think that the Duke is Wesker. The Duke is like Wesker incarnate, and, and like Wesker oh just can't get enough. Like it's like. He's starving. He, he like you know how smog is like you know how smog from Dark Souls. I mean, if you play yeah, Dark yeah, Souls, yeah. you know who smog is. Yeah, smog. It looks like smog's had his share of the buffet, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. So, so yeah. like smog, the Duke. Like, there's there's more backstory there. It doesn't even. And that's a good comparison. I feel like because smog doesn't. He gets shit on. It's like Ornstein. It's all about Ornstein. 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 Well, Ornstein. Yeah. It's like. No, Smog is a hell of a character. Like, get out of here, Trevor. I'm telling Smog, you, right now, he was a cannibal, right? He was Smog, a cannibal, yeah. There's yeah. some backstory That's to Smog. I'm telling you right now. I've seen Smog Yo, with fire burning. That armor looks like it could fit the Duke. I'm just saying. He's got a hammer in that carriage, man. <laughs> the Duke is the oh Onion Knight. Oh my God! I want to see the Duke Smog mod. What if you what, they take Ornstein out and you fight Smog and the Duke? I know we've gotten way off topic, guys. Like we're talking about some <laughs> Dark Souls stuff, but like it makes me think of the Duke and like um, if the Duke <laughs> if the Duke were to be like a Dark Souls character, he would totally have a Warhammer. Like he would just like yeah. that's what oh, I heard. Yeah, the Duke does have basically a kitchen <laughs> in his damn carriage. No, I don't think about that. The Duke, when you make food. The sounds that it makes when he's eating, I can't take it. He's like, like, oh my god. It sounds so gross. Yeah, it's it's bad. Like, I don't know, like, what's weird, too, to me, I guess, like, if you think about it, is, like, all these foods that the Duke makes, like, make Ethan more immortal. Like... It's like, you know, what are the, what's in these foods? He's just some freaking fish. It's like fish and some beef. Like, he's like, why is Ethan becoming like a demigod from this shit? Not like to I, mention, like, would you eat the food you got off that farm? No, I wouldn't eat anything he touched. 
I'm not eating shit from the Duke. <laughs> the Duke <laughs> Those molded chickens? <laughs> yeah, like, molded fish? Molded pigs? Like, oh, that's what I'm talking about. He's sitting there, dude, okay. he's sitting there licking his fingers. <laughs> Here's the second most terrifying thing that happened in Resident Evil Village. When you go, when you backtrack after you beat Lady D, and you go, you're backtracking to some of the older houses, and you walk into that one building that's like in the original, like in the beginning when you first walk through. I mean, I can't tell you the original layout, but that freaking pig comes out of nowhere. You know what I'm talking about, Trevor? I'm not sure if oh, you saw man. it. Like, it terrified me. Dude. Yeah. Wait, what? The guy saw blasted that You pig, go man. through this door, and you turn to the right, and like, it's kind of dark, and all of a sudden this fucking, like, the darkness leaps at you. It's this freaking pig. I don't even remember that. I don't even remember that at all. Like, is that like a is that like a mandatory thing or is that like optional? Like, you know, like when you're backtracking, like exploring the village after you kill Lady D, like yeah, because you're looking for that the the house with the red roof. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, Yeah. because that's like when the sheep start showing up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it it scared me, dude. Yeah, the fact that you're bringing this like. You're bringing these meat items to like the Duke, and he makes you like these plates that are supposedly. I mean, it doesn't just make Ethan like satiated; it makes him like powerful. Like he's eating these like yeah. he's eating these plates that are like giving him strength. The fact that he has a time to make like to eat this food. I mean, I guess he's got to eat to take all that damage. And I mean, it, it, yeah, I know. Like, and it it doesn't even show you like really the Duke making the stuff. I guess, like you said, he's got that kitchen back there. Yeah, like it doesn't show you the Duke making it. He, you just hear like the like the gross sounds he makes, and then like all the rumbling of the dishes, and then like the food's ready. He's probably eat, he's probably eating half the shit and gives you the leftovers. He's probably eating What's half that? the village. <laughs> the, the village, like, there's not that many people in this damn place. Like, well, the bodies in, aren't behind when you go back. Right, they're all gone. You know he's cooking that shit up. Like the Duke, it, the Duke has to a lot to sustain himself. <laughs> Like he, it's a Melissa, like it's like with the, in that elevator. When I watched it, when I watched it, Trevor, like I, I saw him. Like you, you give him the food, right? Like you give him the ingredients. He's supposed to make you a meal. It didn't say that you were sharing a meal with the Duke, but he takes you hear him eat it. Oh yeah. So it begs the question: like, d- does Ethan? Eat the food, or does he give the Duke the food to eat, and the Duke casts magic on Ethan it, to make him stronger? It's a great question. It's a great question because, like the Duke, the Duke seems like he's got some miracles or something like that. Like he seems like he's got some like faith. The way based, of white, yeah, like faith based <laughs> magic. The way of white, yeah. Like he, he comes across as like a way of white character, but I really think he's like definitely like more abyss like like secretly. <laughs> Like I feel like I feel like he like he seems like he's helping Ethan, but it's like one of those like characters that's like he's helping him get to a point to where he can like betray him. And like trust him. I don't trust him for a second. Like anybody with that (laughs) anybody on his scale of size, like it's just like smog. Like honestly, like you can't you can't send you can't send that you don't trust people based on their size. If you're that big, I don't trust you. For you listeners out there, look up Dark Souls on Google and type in. I guarantee, small. like you. Can, okay, listen, people. Like, look, I I love everybody. I respect everybody. Okay, but if you look like you weigh a thousand pounds, I don't <laughs> trust you for a second. I'm just saying it right now. Nobody like, knows there, what you're there, there's a healthy level of obesity, and that is not 
of the Duke. The Duke is way too big. He's not humanly big. He is abnormally alien-like big. And you like ever that, throw a pipe bomb at him? He's just like, oh. He, he, he scoffs at a pipe bomb. If you throw a pipe bomb at any morbidly obese person, they're going to die. The Duke, not, not the Duke. The Duke is immortal. The Duke is evil as shit. I don't trust him. I, I feel like anybody playing the game, if you, if, you, if you feel like Ethan has some stuff going on with him, and you, you were right. He's got mold. He's fungus or whatever. If you felt like the Duke has something weird going on, I think you're right about that too. I think the Duke is evil as shit, and I think he's going to be the main antagonist of the next game. The Duke it's is so Wesker. So That's a crazy conspiracy theory. <laughs> but it's it's one that you really got to think about. I mean, like, even if you didn't even if you didn't agree with that, even if you were just like, nah, he's just a misunderstood character. He's trying to help Ethan out. It's like, honestly, come on. Like, we're talking about Resident Evil here, not Resident Evil, like, Duke, like, Mr. Like, Angel on Ethan's shoulders. It's like, what's he going to come around and start, like, feeding his daughter to in the next game? Yeah, listen, like, I really, I really just, I'm I'm getting tickled here because I just keep picturing the Duke, like, busting through walls and shit. And just to be afraid of him. Like, like he's the damn Kool-Aid man. Yeah. Like children, you know the got... you know the DLCs to me, the Duke's archives, dude. Like, <laughs> oh I I just don't like I don't know. Like, I feel like he's meant like even if you like go back and I mean, it, it made me think about that theory that you mentioned, like about like him being the embodiment of Rose or whatever. Yeah. If you go back and listen to his like every time he kind of comes into the scene, they make a kind of almost an intro about it uh, at the beginning when Ethan first meets him. Um, even when he he like appears outside of the castle, he appears inside of the castle. There's this baby like xylophone theme that plays, and it's like subtle. Like oh. not not everybody's gonna pick up on it, but like I noticed it like right away because it's it makes it seem like you know very like ma- malevolently like childish. Like there's this like there's this childish like charm about the xylophone playing for him, but it seems malevolent. It doesn't seem like a good theme for a character. So like it automatically gives you this like this like notion that he's he's not really who he might say he is, which makes me dislike him and distrust him immediately. Like because like I I just I I mean on top of his size, think I mean on top of his extremely large size, it's like think about it. He's like ten times the size of Ethan. That's not human. He's not a (laughs) human being. In the castle, he's stuck in that room like. Doesn't Lady D not to not or doesn't she know to like go in there and like yo what you doing in here, dude? Yeah, she's terrified off. of him. She have you ever like okay the save room in the castle? If you go into the door and you open the door like and Lady D's following you, she stares at, like in that room like she's terrified. She's absolutely mortified. So. She will not come into the save room, and there's a reason that he's in the save room. I'm telling you, like she, she's terrified of the Duke. Everywhere the Duke is, the bosses don't go. Think about that. Heisenberg's terrified of him. Heisenberg's in his little his little factory pissing himself, thinking about the Duke. And the Duke sets up shop at like the elevator. Like you That's just right. walk around, like, what are you doing? He doesn't here? care. He's, like, oh, hey. He's over there frying some fish. He doesn't <laughs> care. Like he 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 is the most laid back character in the game, and I think that makes him the most terrifying character in the game. <laughs> no, I, I can agree with that. Like I agree too. He's super chill. He's never worried. He's never scared. He, he's just always like cool hand Luke. It's like <laughs> Holy, like, we're in a factory where they're building cyber monsters. Like, why aren't you a little like, strange? Why aren't you and upset? 
And then Redfield blows up the factory. So was the Duke there, or did he like peace out before all that happened? How does he get around? That's a, that's something they don't tell you. Like, I mean, he's always well, sitting in the back of the wagon, but he how, how does he forklift around? He doesn't get like he has to get out of the wagon's back and then crawl into the driver's seat, and they don't ever show that part. Like, so there's stuff going on with him. There's some dark magic going on with him. Like, I, I feel like the Duke doesn't even give Ethan access to some of the stuff he may be capable of providing, which I think is even scarier. Like, I think like the Duke is. Like only keeping Ethan as far as he's willing to let him, you know, he's yeah. he's got him on like a short leash. He's like Ethan, you well, know, he, you're fungus. You're gonna do whatever I want. You're gonna eat. He wants it to be difficult for Ethan, right? And he, he has he has all these weapons. He he doesn't sell them to you till the end of the game. Do you, it's like, do you remember the part where like he Ethan discovers that Rose is in the jars? Yeah. Well, you know what? Do you remember the Duke's response to that? He's just kind of like, yes, Ethan, she's in the jars, and like, and Ethan's like, what? He's like freaking out, and the Duke's like, "What, Ethan?" This is like, "Okay, yeah. come on, like you're you're a freak." Like, it's because he's not he, bothered by this. He ate Rose. Yeah, I mean, it put her up in pieces. It wouldn't surprise you me. All four, of the, all four of the jars and the Duke, you get you could have put them in here. The Duke's frying noise start up. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> he just puts the entire jar in his mouth. No, he's actually underneath it where you're putting the, the jars in. As soon as the last one goes in, the, the Duke's underneath it, like, like double the size I mean, it normally is. One can never know when they're going to stop making these Resident Evil games or how they're going to try to conclude, like, the overall story arc. But, like, I am going to go ahead and theorize that the Duke may be more important than we all realize. And, and I think the Duke is going to be a heavy hitter. I think he's going to be a heavy hitter to the end, end game. Maybe Chris, maybe Chris can, you know, he's, he was, he's punched boulders before. Maybe he can punch the Duke. You know, maybe he can just beat the Duke's ass at the end of the game. But like, I, I would, I would think that's entertaining to see Chris is like, you know, how Chris has that huge arsenal of weapons. Like his, his guns are way better than Ethan's just to see him like pumping iron into the Duke, but like the Duke just reflecting everything off. Like, like it's like, like, like Superman. Yeah. I mean, the strength that he has to have, like, it should be scary. Like, I feel like it should surpass the baby. The, the, I feel like they need to make something of him. If they don't, it's a really, really crazy missed opportunity. The Duke is a true villain. I think so. I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to just be blind not to see it. He's right there. He's right there. He, he, he's the person helping Ethan the entire game. It's like everybody else is just generic and they all die. You know, even Mother Miranda dies, but guess who's still alive, guys? Guess who is still alive by the end of the game? The Duke. Jesus. Well, let's see if he survived the whole village being destroyed in the sequel. We're gonna see. We'll we're gonna out. see. We're gonna. You guys are gonna listen to this back and be like, <coughs> "Damn it, those guys were right." Trevor was right. Trevor was right. Hashtag Trevor was right. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's I. I still, you know, I still think you about feel very passionately about that. I still think about him. I don't think about the <laughs> others. They're all dead. But like the Duke, <laughs> the Duke is the one that got away. <laughs> so anyway, 
Anything else in Resident Evil? <laughs> I think we're good. It's it's a four out of five for me. I think it was a four out of five across the board for all of us. So oh yeah, I agree. I enjoyed it. I'm I'm looking forward to the next one. I feel like if you haven't played it yet or you've considered playing it, like you should definitely check it out. Like cons aside, I think it's still it's got a lot of replay value, whether or not you're into horror games or not. Like it, it you know, as far as like you know. I think, you know, we've talked about it before, but whether or not we would return to it, play play New Game Plus, play the, some of these other, like the Mercenaries mode and stuff like that, maybe not like right away, but it's something I definitely am going to consider like going back to in the future. I agree. I, I think it, I mean, it all boils down to like, before in the past, before we were dads and whatnot, like we had the time to replay games. We don't have the time anymore. So yeah, no. you beat it once, you enjoy it. And you move on. And you move on, yeah. Yeah. I think that wraps that up. Um, anything you guys want to plug? Anything you're doing? Playing? Are you going to stream? Anything like that? Not sure if I'll... Uh, I don't know if I have anything to stream right now. I've been thinking about replaying some of the, some older PS4 games. I thought about Shadow of, of, Shadow of War and a handful... Uh, some other titles. I think Dark Souls. I think we've already talked about streaming Dark Souls, but yeah, it's just a matter of getting on there and, and having the time and the opportunity to stream. But definitely check us out on Twitch. Um, my name or my my username on Twitch is ShinJosh84, and I think Drew's Dad Souls podcast. Yeah, I Trevor, have. What about own. you? I've yet to stream anything, but I'm in the middle of like I've I'm. Kind of like halfway into Mass Effect 2 right now. Like, I've already beaten Mass Effect 1. I'm halfway into Mass Effect 2. I'm, you know, probably going to complete that. I've already created a Guam Bulbous character for the first game. I'm very strongly considering creating a female character and calling her Gwen Bulbous. Um, but, you know, time will, time will tell. They're both disgusting-looking characters. Like, if you watch me play as them, I'm definitely going to be playing Renegade. <laughs> Trevor, hold up. Gwen Bulbous? Gwen Bulbous is Guan Bulbous's wife. Guinevere Bulbous. She is. But Guinevere is her full name. Yeah. Her, cl- her, close, her close swamp friends <laughs> call her Gwen. And she, you thought Guan Bulbous was gross. Jesus. Gwen, she a load of her. Gwen is a, is a... Wow. She's a peach. You'll have to talk about your... Uh... Your Guan Bulba conundrums in real life on another episode. We, yeah, we need to dedicate some time to that. There's a whole Bulba's lore. I try to stream on the Dad Souls podcast handle. I have my own, Lionheart or Seven Four, it's the same as my PSN, but I try to keep something going on the Dad Souls podcast handle. Um, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, Reddit. We're not super active on Twitter, but we're there. Um, we're on YouTube. I've gotten a little behind on uploading that second episode. Just haven't had time to sit down at the computer, but that's how it goes sometimes. Um, <clears throat> I'm not really sure. We haven't really ironed out a parenting topic. We've kicked around maybe getting some questions from Reddit that are some parenting situations from Reddit with the permission of the authors, of course, and discussing them on here. Um, Perhaps if you, you want to if the listeners want to send us an email about something they'd like us to talk about, that'd be great. 
whether yep. it's a, yeah. a parenting topic Feedback. or pop culture topic. Exactly. Yeah, just let us know what you think so far. We're having a lot of fun with it, and we hope you you guys are having fun listening to us. Definitely. Um, if you guys do want to ask us questions so we don't have to go to Reddit, definitely send us questions to dadsoulspodcast at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Um, it can be anonymous if you don't want us to name you, or we can name your name if you want a shout out. We'll appreciate it either way. Um, I think for pop culture, we haven't officially decided, but we talked about reviewing Invincible, the, sh- mm-hmm. the series on Amazon. Um, I finished it. I know Trevor's finished it. I don't know Started. if Josh has had a chance. Um, Josh, you're, you're going to love it, dude. I'm telling you well, right that's, now. That's what I, I keep hearing, man. I actually want you to like draw me like some shit. Like, oh, damn. Yeah, like I, I want like a, a mis- and I want an Omni Man like uh, poster on my wall. Like, honestly. Big Mark. Think. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's intense. <clears throat> If you don't know anything about it, because I didn't, I didn't do any research while I was watching it. I just took it for what that's, it was. Like, yeah, that's the best it's, way. It's such a different superhero animated superhero experience than you're expecting. That it's like, whoa! Like even the first episode ends on like such a high note where you're like, I have to keep watching this. I can't stop right now. Like I have to find out what happens here. But it is, uh, it's not kid friendly, no, at all. Um. Very violent. I think, yeah. There's explicit language too. So there's some, there's some explicit language. <clears throat> That's about it, though. Violence and language. I don't think anything else is out of the. To get on but, that, so we can discuss it. Definitely do it. Uh, maybe we'll try to shoot for that next time. So we'll we'll try to do some Reddit questions or listener questions if we get any, and invincible for our next episode. Also, we're uh. We'll, we were looking into getting some shirts made for ourselves, some dad soul shirts, because we'd like to have some. Um, but we're also thinking about doing a small giveaway. Um, if anybody wants to go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, go check it out. Put your name or your email or whatever in the review, and we will pick somebody at random. Or if you're the only one, then you'll automatically win, I guess. Um, but we'll get your shirt size and send you a shirt. And you know you want to wear that dad soul shirt. Ripping that represent dad soul. Dad soul. Got to represent all the dads out there. Let me hear you. I need to hear you. I need to hear you. I, I, I need to hear you. I want to hear you. All right. Well, I, I think that about wraps this one up. So if you guys want anything else, it's been a pleasure, people. Glad to Always. see that you guys are still listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. Gonna be bigger than the last. Well, the dad's not, make not as big reason. as the Duke. Not as big as the Duke. We hope it. We it's hope so. it will be. That's pretty. We big. can only bigger. hope to bigger attain such such mass. <laughs> but you <laughs> listeners can help us do that. You can help so us make. Massive. You can help us be as big as the Duke. So let's make it happen. Thanks, guys. Appreciate uh, everything. Yeah, to all the dads out there, praise. Praise it. Man. Later, daddies. Later, daddies. Dad Souls is Andrew Rink, Trevor Rao, and Josh Mayers. 
Our intro and outro song, Praise the Synth, has been provided by Neon Drift. Links to Neon Drift can be found in the podcast description. Thank you for listening. If only I could be so grossly incandescent.